Good morning out there on this beautiful June 29th to the family. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day that anything is possible. Whatever you're going through, whatever situation you have, He is more than enough to see you through it. Aren't you glad today that you serve a Savior who will not just save you spiritually, but can rescue you physically, can rescue you through any situation that can redeem the time, that can fix the marriage, that can cure the cancer, that can dry up the diabetes, whatever it looks like. Aren't you glad that we have a Lord and Savior named Jesus Christ who is bigger than all, for He is the creator of all things, and all things are created for Him and by Him and through Him. I'm excited to be serving Him today. I'm excited to be in the kingdom. I'm excited to be in the studio, and as always, you all being um, giving us your ear for two hours every weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We're humbled by it. We are appreciative of it. We're honored by the ability to give into your cars, into your houses, into your business, wherever it is, and share the good news of Jesus Christ with you all. Well, it is Thursday, so we've got Miss Hannah in the studio with us. How are you doing, Miss Hannah? I'm doing good. God's good. Amen. And then we got Brother Greg in the studio. How are you doing, Brother Greg? I'm doing just fine, Brother Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> happy to be here, as Jason says. Roger's slogan was doing just fine, and Jason's is happy to be here. And so it is It is happy. We are happy to be here. And I don't know what we're going to get into this morning. We never do. But it always is, it's always um, profitable if we rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us and everything we say points back to Jesus because it's all about Jesus mm -hmm. at the end of the day. It's all for Jesus, all by Jesus, and all to magnify his name so that all people may know that he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Well, um, we talked to Miss Nicole last night at church. Um, Wilson Home is still out of electricity, so their VBS has been postponed for this week. Uh, and I think they're going to do it next week if I'm not if I understand that correctly. So um, they're still out of electricity down that way, and um, I just a bummer um, this week. I know you put a lot of hard work into it, and then you have mm -hmm. to postpone it. But it's going to be great next week, mm -hmm. and so just uh, be prayerful for them. And if you got kiddos that wanted to go there, they will still be full locked and loaded for next week, and um, going to get that done. And I believe kids' lives will be changed, and forevermore, kids' lives will be changed. We got our VBS coming up here, August, uh, help me out, Hannah, 3rd. 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And it's 6 o'clock nightly and Saturday at 10. And mm -hmm. uh, Clark's is... You know yours hey, now? Uh, well... Oh, I'm so proud. He said it last night, and I done forgot. <laughs> it's uh, July 18th or 19th is when it starts, and then however long it lasts. So that's All right. that. so, that's what I can do. <laughs> uh, that's uh, Clark's and Do you know if it starts on a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Uh the 18th or 19th. That's the closest I can get you today. Sorry. <laughs> You're getting better, Greg. Yeah, You're getting there. Better. You're getting better there. better than I had last week. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good stuff. So Clarkson Community is coming up either the 18th or the 19th. We'll pin that down eventually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah I'm sure James if uh, James Miller, he can, he'll can he line you straight out. He'll, he'll line me you. out. Yeah, I'll, he, I'll text him today. And he'll he's get got me. all the, yeah, he knows what's going on. I'm, 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 I'm not, not the guy. <laughs> I just um I just listen to all the smarter people when they tell me they're doing something. Okay, and, hold on a second here. Oh, you getting uh, information? Yeah, yeah, my 
July, okay, July 19th through the 22nd starts on Wednesday. All right, July 19th you, through the 22nd. That's my wife straightened me out this morning. And that is Clarkson Communities VBS, and you all always do a, um, you always have a great one. So um, that's going to be awesome in the presence of the Lord. And then we've got a date pinned down for Man Up, July 27th. It'll be the last Thursday of this month, and that is going to be at there um it's going to be back towards our lake so um what we'll do is probably try to have the tractor with the trailer up and running that night for transport back to there so you'll be able to park in the parking lot unless you just want to take your big old truck in the fields um we're cool with that too we don't care um but if you don't want to drive back there you can um we'll have like a hayride or something back there what's more mainly than a hayride mm-hmm. going back to a bonfire to sing worship songs around the fire and make hot dogs and roast marshmallows and fish and play corno. What's more manly than that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that hair on my arm just grew because of manliness <laughs> that just come out of that. And so we're excited for that. And um, that's going to be July 7th, July 27th of this month um, of July. Well, it's not July yet, but it feels like July already. Um, and please don't forget that next week we will not be here. Um, there will be no broadcast next week. It'll be shut down, but we will have some really good sermons throughout the week to play in place and maybe a couple of reruns of some interviews we did or something to that regard. But we'll have a great, um, we'll have a great lineup next week of that. But every week, I mean, every year we take off, it's a hard break. We have two hard breaks each year, um, shut down to give time for the staff and them to spend time with friends and family and rejuvenate. But that is July 4th week and Christmas week. And so it just happens to be next week. And so we're excited to have that time to um, decompress a little bit and then get right fired right back up afterwards. And I'm excited for that. So make sure you stay tuned every weekday morning still for some great content. Even though we won't be in the studio, um, we'll definitely have something great lined up for you all to listen to. And um, we'll have Greg record a sermon for us. Pastor, Pastor Greg's going to record a no, sermon for us. No, no oh, if I say it enough, I'll speak things into existence. <laughs> Look at him over. He's like, no. <laughs> uh, somebody told me the other day that, that I'm not the only one that makes that mistake. And other people make some mistake calling you Pastor Greg, I've too. I've never, never been called that ever. Well, they think uh, of you like that. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. You got the wrong guy. Well, see, you, you don't have to. Guy. You don't have to lead a church, and you don't have to. We we get really obsessed with titles. Yeah. But what pastors do is is um, look out for people. Is they shepherd people. They lead people, and they um, encourage and edify and build up, and so. That's what pastors yeah. do. Well, I, like I said, I uh, you got the wrong guy. I just <laughs> I'm just deliberate. I'm a very, uh, when it comes to the Lord, I want to be thorough and deliberate. Uh, So however that comes off, I guess that's what it is. I don't know. But I just want to make sure that that whatever it is that I say is true. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, yeah, and not not what I'm, something I've just concocted in my own brain. Yeah, that that definitely happens a lot with a lot of times, and, yeah. and we have to, we all have to be careful of that because it'd be easy to do. Yeah. Um, but am I missing anything, Hannah? Help me out here on an events. What am I missing? I don't 
don't think so. I mean, we have some more events, but we have not finalized all of them. So we'll definitely have some more announcements coming up. Um, you can go ahead and announce the Lance Johnson thing. Now. Oh, yeah. That's July 16th at Madrid. Uh, he'll be down there speaking again that evening on July 16th. They're going to start at 6 o'clock p.m. instead of 6.30. Well, I mean, sorry. I think they were going to start at 7 this time, but they're going to start at 6. So if you've heard 7, it's not 7. It is 6 o'clock. And you will definitely want to get there early enough to get a seat. Last time it was overflowing, and we anticipate the same thing. It was such a powerful move of God last time. And, of course, mark your calendars for September 10th, um, 9th, 10th, and 11th in September. I think those are the dates. Let me double-check those. I don't have them in front of me. I usually run off, no, 10th, 11th, and 12th. So it's September 10th, 11th, and 12th will be the three-day Harvest Crusade here. Um, and we'll host that here at Bethel. Brother Lance Johnson will have his team up here leading that. We'll just host it here. And we couldn't be more excited for what God's going to do in those three nights um, in his presence that's going to be here and his His spirit that's going to be poured out and the lives are going to be changed and the souls that are going to be saved. And the, um, it's just going to be an incredible time in his um, in his presence, those three nights, and we'll see what God does after that. But make yeah. sure you get those calendar on your calendar, 10th, 11th, and 12th, and um, just very, very much in anticipation and expectation Is that for that. July? July 16th is he'll be here, oh. but September 10th, 11th, oh. and 12th is a three-day. Well, July the 12th is a pretty, uh, pretty important day. That'll be my me and my wife's 20th anniversary. Yeah. So. Wow. There's that. Uh, uh, I asked her, I said, <laughs> she's going to be mad at me, but I'm going to tell you guys this. It's funny. <laughs> uh, I asked her, I said, you know, because when we got married, I didn't know the Lord and neither did she. And I said, so I said, well, this is our 20. Won't we get married again and do it, you know, now that we know. She's like, I'm not making the same mistake twice. You know what? <laughs> you know, my wife said the same thing almost. <laughs> I said, hey, you want to renew your vows? Love, and she goes, you probably shouldn't risk it. I, lo- <laughs> I, love, I love sharing that. That is so funny. It gets me every time. I, I mean, that's, yeah, she's a good one. So. Yeah. Well, my wife basically said the same thing, so I don't know what that means for us, Brother Greg, but. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we's hard on him. I don't know. She goes, I don't know. I wouldn't risk me saying no. Um, <laughs> and so, but no, I don't know. Like, I guess people still do renew their vows, don't they? I don't hear of it very often anymore. Yeah, I, did I, that used to be a bigger thing? I I, I wasn't there. I don't know. This, I don't is, know this is my either. first time of twenty years married, so I don't know. I ain't never done it before. So. I need some help from listeners. Yeah. When it, when are you supposed to renew your vows if you do? And is it like that? It used to be a bigger thing than it is now. I'm curious about that um, because you hear you see it like on television, you hear it on movies or something like that. But and you you hear it occasionally th- with people. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever been to an actual renewing your vow ceremony. Yeah. Have you? I haven't. I think I've seen people like renew their vows like on vacation and things like like mm-hmm. when it's just them two, mm-hmm. um, things like that. But oh, well, I'll go on vacation to renew my vows. <laughs> That's like what at it the takes. beach and things like that. I've seen that before. Well, I didn't mean to create a rabbit trail. I just, you know, I just the uh, July twelfth. That was. Uh, we don't believe yeah. in rabbit trails here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just, this is know, a conversation. I got you. I just like said. I, you know, it's uh, uh, yeah. So if I tell my wife, hey, honey, if you go on a cruise with me, I'll renew my vow. You think that'll work? Yeah, I would say so. Ah. I'd probably get her to say yes. <laughs> hey, you all could go on a double cruise. <laughs> 
Now, if if I know, like, with I'm trying to eat healthier, but if you go on a cruise, do you get to cheat the whole time on your diet? Because it's um, all you can eat food. Yeah, it's re- it would be really hard not to cheat. I will work out two times a day after. But they have a gym. By- they have a gym and they have a walking track on the deck. So, well, all right. They also have a chapel where you can go and pray and and things like that. I never knew that until yeah. recently. Uh, Miss Gail says twenty five or fifty years. Um, Right. So, maybe, I guess maybe another five years she might do yeah, it. Yeah, I I, if you are an excellent husband for the next five years, <laughs> yeah. she won't say that next time. <laughs> it's a <laughs> test. We'll see. We'll see how these next five years yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, just check back in five years and see how we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Uh, we had another listener who said earlier that um, uh, they wanted to think. The Box Two Radio for Aaron airing this morning's John MacArthur sermon on the Rapture. What a way to start the day! Looking for my blessed hope, and so glad to be an encouragement, and um, very thankful for your encouragement and your support. And um, let's see here. I wanted to renew. Um, there was one listener said that they wanted to renew when Todd and um, I guess this would be Miss Sue when Todd and them gave their life her gave their lives to the Lord. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Kind of like. Just yeah. renew under a new. I mean, people will get married under the notion of you know. Yeah, that's and that's in a covenant under God, but they may not be in a you know really a covenant with God. That was me, you know. I, so. You know, I I did what the guy said to do. I said I, I I repeated after him. I did all you know. I stood there. I did all the things, yeah. and but I didn't. You know, I was just yeah. doing what you do to get married. So, so let me ask you this: Would would it be different yeah. now? Yeah, it would because now I understand who I'm talking to. Wow. And what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, and it, you know, and before it it was just solely about her. And now it's going to be about what, uh, you know, if we done, it would be to me what he has done and and the gift that he's given me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, with that thought pattern, I could really get behind renewing the vows. Because yeah. I think that would be significant and impactful, yeah. and that's then that's that's the whole purpose, you yeah. know. Because uh, uh, <laughs> we uh, we've been through some, you know. We <laughs> she's put up with a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we we uh, we've been through a lot of things, and and uh, and God has brought us through every one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's just uh, yeah, it's just a reflection. Of the last twenty years, you know, I mean, we've been together. Like, we dated five years before we got married, so uh, you know, it's a uh, we uh, we we've been at it. We've been together longer. We've been apart, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like that. You, I like how Miss Sue brought that out, though. I think that would be, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot because I think it would give a significant to. You know, getting born again, mm-hmm. and your the the covenant of marriage takes another level of significance, and you're starting to co- understand covenantal theology too, of just you know what it is and the significance and the impactfulness and the seriousness of covenant. Yeah, and so that's that's I like that. I like that a lot. Well, it's just knowing who he is, you know, because yeah. he's making the union, and it's because of him, mm-hmm. you know he he puts you together. That's that's what does it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's it's he's the one that ties the knot, and that you know so, and I can vouch for that because uh, this knot has not been broken 
and it ain't but nothing that I've done. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, if anything, the things I've done should have snapped it, but it didn't because what he puts together is put together. So yeah. I just, uh, I don't That's know. Awesome. He, uh, and there's nothing I didn't do it right. And uh, always, and I, I, I have no credit here, uh, you know, uh, no credit here. He, he's done it all. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, we're in John. Um, I promise we'll get into John today because we haven't for the next last day or two. Um, but we're in John chapter 12. We just finished the triumphal entry, and we are in verse 20, I think, so we're going to start from. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servants be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So I, I love this story because it's such an it, it, if you if you just read it, it kind of feels like out of place to an extent, not like in the context. But, um, but in the sense that like he said, Hey, there are some Greeks that want to see you. And then Jesus, like, instead of Jesus saying like, Oh, bring them on. I'd love to talk to him. He said, this is how he responds to Philip and Andrew. Well, the hour has come. I'm going to be glorified. The son of man is going to be glorified, glorified. And he goes into this issue, like this parable of a grain falling in the, uh, well, uh, I believe that because, Remember what he told the woman at the, uh, was it the woman at the well or was it the woman? He said uh, salvation of the Jews. Uh, but anyways, I'm trying to say to the Jew first and then the Gentile. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is this is part of it. The hour has come. The Son of Man should be glorified. So once he's glorified, if I be lifted up among, uh, between the heavens and earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what he's talking about here uh, about the Greeks. I, I, yeah. Well, know, I, I definitely do. Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we're we're going to unpack that about how he's got to be the seed sown sown mm-hmm. in there. He's the first more among yeah. many brethren. But I think it's you know yeah, he, to your question is like you know uh, or he's talking about Greeks. Yeah, bring them in. Well, I, I believe yeah. that that's. I, yeah. I, I think he's trying to make a statement. But I am almost positive at this time Andrew and Philip didn't really understand that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. Like, clearly, all through the scripture, you know, as he's walking with them, he's explaining things. They ain't got a clue what's going on. I love Jesus just for that sole purpose. Like, I go up to Greg and say, hey, Hannah wants to see you. Unless a man dies. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just think of this conversation. Like, think of Philip and Andrew's eyes. Like, Like, now what? What's he talking about now? The Greek just wants to see him. So do I tell him yeah? Do I tell him no? What it, you know? I got you. like I love these. I mean, I would just love to be there sometimes. Yeah, and I think I would have loved to see the disciples' eyes and they're like, Philip probably looked over to Andrew and go, 
I don't know. <laughs> I can see what you're saying there. I Sorry. just told him Billy Bob wanted to see you. All him. I know is this guy wants to see you. What do, What do you want me to tell him? You want me to repeat after you? What? Yep. Repeat after you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. I mean, yeah, I can see that. I can do you mean to go back and tell the Greeks about a mustard seed? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah but the significance, I, yeah. there is significance in what yeah, he's saying. And, and yeah. we by... We who now have the Holy Spirit can see yeah. and the more of a 2020 vision looking back, yeah, we do realize what Jesus is saying. Yeah, because the veil's been lifted. Yeah. Now, at this time, they still are under the veil. Yeah. And, uh, and he's trying to pull the veil back slightly. So, you know, so, and right yeah. here, this is part of him pulling that veil back to, uh, to witness. And I believe, I believe that he's saying it right now because a lot of the times afterwards, it, it comes to their remembrance. Then mm. they remember. Oh yeah. So this is this to me. You know. You know. We. It was funny. You know. We we we. You know. Had a laugh about it because it is funny. You think. You know. You come up to him and you ask him a question. He answers you like this. You're like, oh, what, what is, is a, he talking about? What does a grain of wheat got to do with exactly, a Greek seeing but you? But then afterwards, when it, whenever you know, after it is revealed, you know, whenever he is glorified, yeah, then all this starts coming yeah. back. And I believe that's what's going on yep. here. He's he's just uh, he's the he's the chief cornerstone in this foundation that he's yep. laying out through yep. here. Yep. So but I think it's significant for this to be here as well because yep. I think this is this is one of the few times that Jesus actually does talk about including the Greeks and the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Um, he don't he he he's first to Israel like he was to the Jew first, mm-hmm. and um, and here's the one of the few mentions that we really have where he says, look. He never tells him, well, he's a Greek, he can't come in. Yep. He's saying, look, it's time for me to die because it is time for him to die. We're in the we're in the Passion Week at this point. We just got through the triumphal entry. Um, so this whole Passion Week has started. He knows that it's time for his glorification to get ready to happen. And he says, I must be the grain of wheat that falls in. Yeah. Because unless I go into the ground, they'll never be able to come and see me. Mm-hmm. Because now... Whenever I die, whenever this wheat dies, if it remains alone, like if, okay, so unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, he's saying, if I die, when I die, it will bear much fruit. And what's that fruit? That's us. Salvation. It will bring Mm -hmm. people in. Harvest. And I'm just thinking, you know, uh, to my knowledge, uh, Saul of Tarsus was the first one he called to go to the gentile nation everybody else was to the jews to my knowledge well he he called peter remember he he, the the dream the dream remember the the he looked across the uh what was it an axe um but would that have been before saul tarsus was called okay so here's uh, let me just finish what i was saying here so uh to my knowledge and then we can straighten all but you know jesus come to the jew first and then to the gentile all right, well, Gentiles come to him, and he, you know, just like the centurion, no greater faith of the scene than this. Is that something what he said, you know, because, you know, you, I have men under me. He understood authority, and he knew he seen Jesus and his authority, and he was his whole house was saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think he rejected them, but. He's got a purpose in his plan, and his purpose in his plan was Jew first, then the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that uh, that you know just like uh, his mom 
uh, want him to do something at the wedding. He said, my hour has not come. Mm-hmm. You know, but he went ahead and he done it, uh, changed the water and the wine. So the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, you know, that's another one. Uh, and uh, just, I don't know, just these little things I pick up on and uh, and I just try to keep it all within itself and yeah, the Son of Man should be glorified. The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So once he's glorified, it's open to all. If I'll be lifted in between the heaven and the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. So mm-hmm. what you got over there? Yeah, I think, I actually think Peter was the first one. But you remember Peter had some issues. Like he kept on. Well, him and Paul had a, they had a, they had to have a conversation because he was, you know, he was good with the Gentiles until the Jews come around. Yes. You know, but that's still after Paul. Yeah. Well, so, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I don't. F- I, because it, uh, well, okay, we'll say this. He was specifically told to preach to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody that, that the other ones were. I believe Peter he, was. Okay. I, I do know Peter was. Okay, okay. Because I actually think Peter may have been the first one to preach to the Gentiles. Okay. But yet he couldn't figure this out because you're right. Like he yeah. would preach to the Gentiles and eat with them, and then the Jews would come back, and he's like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. All right. So, <laughs> and then uh, Paul didn't like that. Well, and I'm building up to this right here. So the the Jews, they had their rela- uh, religion and everything that they had to overcome, where the mm-hmm. Gentiles, I mean, some Gentiles, they had pagans and stuff like this, but, but for the most part, they're a clean slate. And we talk about Gen Z's and these things and your left-handed uh, army. That's You see what yep. I'm saying? That hasn't been. That that hasn't been. It's like God has set them aside. Yep. You know, I, that's what I look, that's what I see here. Yep. Because uh, to the Jew first, so the ones that know, we're going to give them revelation. It's that way they can understand what sure. it is they've been, sure. you know. Yeah. But then for the ones that don't have nothing, and I'm speaking to myself now, uh, like I said, well, he pulled me out when I wasn't looking for him, mm-hmm. and here I am. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, uh, now I did go to church when I was little or what have you, but I wasn't indoctrinated. I, I wasn't uh, this, this, and this. You see what I'm saying? I wasn't uh, just uh, told this is the way, this is that, and all these different things. I wasn't just uh, brainwashed in religion. Yeah. 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 I was just wild. <laughs> and and I think that's why one of the significant things around Paul actually being the apostle that sent to the Gentiles. Because Paul was the one that was sent to them. Like Peter Peter yeah. had the dream. Yeah. Peter preached to the Gentiles, um, especially with Cornelius and all that whole yeah. situation there. Well, yeah. And also what, um, the Pentecost was, yeah. I'm sure there was some Gentile in yeah. there. I mean, I don't. But, um. But there is significance behind them. And I love that in John chapter 12, like, this is included. So now we can never say, like, oh, Jesus Jesus never talked about Gentiles coming in, so um, they're not coming in. But here he says, you know, when this grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it will produce fruit. Yeah, and anybody says, Jesus, what you just said there, how, how do they respond to, if I be lifted between the heavens and the earth, I will draw all men unto me yeah i mean all last time i checked all means all that means all all yep. uh. <laughs> yep. yeah everyone everyone who will yeah yeah hannah you got anything to say Mm-mm. um that's a lot to say uh 
Um, 25, though, this is where it gets fun. Yeah. Whoever lo- loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servants be. Also, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Um, what's the King James say over there, Greg? He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Mm -hmm. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Yes. That's, um, I love this scripture, but it's a challenging scripture. If you love your life, you will lose it. If you hate your life, you will keep it for eternal life. Now, what in the world is he saying? Is he saying you're just supposed to walk around like a soured person who hates everything? Uh, Paul straightens it out. I, I don't know where it is, but it says, die to yourself. Mm-hmm. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. He that loveth his life shall lose it. If you love this life on this earth, you're going to lose your eternal life. Jesus is eternal, and he overcomes our fleshly lusts and desires because he that loves his life shall lose it. So if you're so consumed in the things of this world, the things you can gain, the things that you can prosper, the things, all these things, you know, it's like the rich young ruler. You know, he had it all, Mm -hmm. but he just couldn't give it up for the Lord and follow him. And he says... Where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, will my father honor. So he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal, a life eternal. So if you're following the Lord and your flesh is trying to get you to do things contrary to the word of God, you're going to hate it. And, uh, and, you know, you've heard me say this. If I could cast this thing, this carcass off right now, I would. Because th- there's no good in it. It always wants to do the things that's contrary to God. Mm-hmm. It always wants to serve itself. It's always, it's selfish. And it's everything that God is not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's only Him in me <laughs> that it allows me to do the things that my father would have me do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's this, uh, he that loves his life shall lose it. He that hated his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal, life eternal. And that's, you know, when Paul talks about, uh, he uh, walked not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus to them that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And it says, if you walk after the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the lust of the flesh, that's this life. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you think, I mean, go back to when the Lord wasn't here, what all you chased after and all the things of this world and all the, the what the world made you believe you had to be, uh, how, how the world made you believe you had to look, how the world made you believe you had to act, how the world lied to you with all of its lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're to love him more than anything, and yeah. we'll, so- we'll sacrifice anything to follow Jesus. Um, and you know, that's even Hannah and them talked about Abraham and Isaac yesterday morning. And then Joey preached on it last night. And, you know, really the concept of we love him more than anything. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so it's just a, 
powerful statement. It's a challenging statement. I mean, um, yeah, but, it's hard to give up yourself. You can't do it yourself. Only the Lord can do it. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break here, read our first trivia question for the morning, and get back in here to some Bible discussion on this June 29th, 2023 edition of Mornings of Box 2 Radio. Thursday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What wicked king of Judah, taken into captivity in Assyria, confessed his sins, humbled himself, prayed and came to the knowledge that the Lord he was God. What wicked king of Judah was taken into captivity in Assyria, confessed his sins, humbled himself, prayed and came to the knowledge that the Lord he was God. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. I don't think we have an answer for our trivia question yet. A little toughy. Let's get it going this morning. Uh, let's see. I'll read this again for you guys so you continue to try to call in and get this answer right. What wicked king of Judah, taken into captivity in Assyria, confessed his sins, humbled himself, prayed, and came to the knowledge that the Lord, he was God? 270-257-2689 is the number to call in and get your name in for this two-week period. Um, very, um, very much excited about the the seer. So we got this is a new week in the two week period. Um, Joey Sosh got last week, and I meant to give him his book package last night at church, and I forgot about it. Um, I apologize, Joey, but he gave us his man. He gave us the man joke or the dad joke of the day too. What does a hog sign his name? How does a hog sign his name with a pig pen? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. Um, now, a good one. Uh, let's see here. I'll make sure I caught up on everything. I, I think I got <laughs> caught up on everything. All right, Hannah, you was talking about you like the next verse. So before we leave the Gospel of well, John. No, it's the other half of this verse. The other half of this verse. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go for it, Hannah. Um. Well, in ESV, it does. it is the next verse. It's verse 26. But I don't know if that's the same in King James Version. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Verse 26. I'm sorry. Um, well, the ESV is really, it really should be called the elect standard version, <laughs> uh, but we, we joke about that. I had the authorized version. We've got the that. elect. The authorized version. <laughs> 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 I love it, though. No, I do love the ESV because it really, it does, I've compared the ESV and the KJV, and mm-hmm. they do line up. They're more than a lot of they're the pretty close. Yeah, they're pretty close. It's just a few, you know, wording things. But yeah. anyways, the second verse, uh, if anyone serves me, he must follow me and where I am. There will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. And so we see here that there's a there's like tooth. There's if anyone serves me, he must follow me. But it also is wherever he is, there his servant will be also. So over the break, we were just kind of talking about how there's a lot of people who do things for the Lord. Um, a lot of people who serve the kingdom actually that don't even really believe. I mean, they're doing things, and I believe there were people in the scriptures that did this too. There were people that God used to accomplish His will. Um, but there's people who do the things but aren't always following um, following Jesus, having a relationship with him. Um, and I just that just stuck out to me in this because Jesus is telling us here, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. 
Mm-hmm. And where I am, there my servant will be also. So it just had me thinking about like today, like where servants are, where he is, servants should be also. So is Jesus, is Jesus present? Like is Jesus present whenever ministry things are going on? Is Jesus present whenever um, whatever the serving the kingdom might be? Um, because I, I do, I see a lot of things, great things that are going on for the kingdom, you know, things that, that would be great, you know, but is Jesus in it? Yeah. Is Jesus number one? Is everyone putting Jesus first? Um, is everyone serving? Do, do they have a, are they having communion with Jesus? Um, and so I just, I think here he gives us the importance of that. And then later says, if anyone serves me, the father will honor him. Yeah, that. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Uh, you know, uh, our father, he tries the reins. Our reins. If anybody out there don't know what reins are, if you've ever rode a horse, those things you hold in your hand that you pull left and right to guide the horse. Mm-hmm. It says, I can't remember where it's at. I, I don't know what the address is to this scripture, but it says the, our father tries the reins our reins you know so he he pulls said if if any man serve me let him follow me and where i am there shall also my servant be if any man serve me will my father honor so in order to serve jesus you have to follow him because where i am there shall also my servant be so if you're following him he's he's guiding you he's telling you when you know the things that you need to do and like you're saying hannah we can be doing great things with our hands and our heart be far from the lord you know we can uh that's uh i've said this several different times i'll try to explain it this way it's not the things that we do good or bad Mm-mm. that's that's that those are symptoms it's the why is the root cause of the things that we do, good or bad. If we're doing uh, good things, why are we doing these good things? Is it for the Lord or is it for ourselves? Uh, you know, we know why we're doing the bad things because <laughs> mm-hmm. we got a ba- we're connected to the bad root. Uh, and it's uh, the the things that we do are just the. Uh, uh, symptoms of what's going on inside or the fruit of what's going on inside and uh, if if good fruit is being uh, produced it's because you're connected to the true vine which is jesus says Mm -hmm. i am the vine you are the branches without me you can do nothing so if any man serve me let him follow me where i am there also my servant be and if any man serve me will my father honor because that servant is being operated by jesus christ yeah and not by himself and that's what god sees god will see jesus and not see us now this goes back to verse 25 he that loveth his life shall lose it but he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal so Mm -hmm. he has given his whole life to the lord this is everything that i am I give to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here I am. Use me. This is what we're talking about. That's not an overnight thing. That's a process of sanctification and seeking the Lord 
and it's and little by little he cleans us up you know it's mm-hmm. a it's a building process it's a a forging process it's a, a refining process it hurts <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it it feels great it hurts it all these things it's it's uh it's just a whole host of things that he that he brings us through yeah uh jeremiah 17 came up uh just came up that that's what actually what you were you talked something about the that the Lord searches the heart is deceitful, mm-hmm. so that's in that chapter. Okay. But it just came up on my phone. I was trying to look something else up that you're saying, but um, I do really love this this verse. Um, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that mm-hmm. sends out his its roots by the stream, and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. It's not anxious. And say, read that part again about not being anxious. Mm. Um, he is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. Is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Not anxious in this in the is say year of drought. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah. that means it's so. Uh, hmm. yeah. That's that is a total trust in the Lord. Yeah, you know it's not anxious in a year of drought. It's a tree, and uh, I mean you think the only source of your life is water, and you got a whole year of drought, but it's yeah. not concerned because it's no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> Either have an ear, let them hear. Yeah, if you're in a drought. Hold to the Father. He will see you through. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. A couple observations that I see in verse 26 is that if anyone serves me, so if anybody's um, with me, anybody's serving me, anybody's in relationship with me, he must follow me. And I think that's significant because he ne- we never lead God, and I've seen some people try to lead God around. Mm-hmm. We follow him. He don't follow us, and we we follow his lead. But yet I love this. Because in our following doesn't mean that we're necessarily walking in a distance behind him. Because mm-hmm. he says, where I am, there my servants will be also. So we're actually walking together, but we're following him. So we're in step with him. We mm-hmm. learn to get to a point where we're walking in step with him. And uh, if you look at the greatest armies, the greatest armies are led by man, but the man will lead and step with them. So he's leading them. He's guiding them. They're not a far distance behind them. They're with their leader. And we are with Jesus. We are his body. He is the head, but we are the body. And we're walking with him. And in our life, we've got to learn that if we're going to be servants of him, if we're really in relationship with him, we're in a covenant with him, then we're not walking a distance behind him. We're walking with him. Mm -hmm. But we're following him. We're not guiding him. And I think sometimes in life it's very easy, especially when bad situations happen or hard situations, traumatic situations, or we have a kid sick or we have a family member sick or something's going wrong with the marriage. We try to tell God how to do his job. And that's where we quit serving him and we're expecting him to serve us. But there's never a portion of Scripture where it says that we are his guide or we are his director. Actually, the Bible says his ways are much higher than our ways and past finding out. All we have to do is get a willing yes and amen to it and stay with him, trust him, follow him, walk with him, but never walk in front of him. Like that to me 
to, to me, in my life, that's probably the hardest thing. Mine is not following too far behind. Mine is telling God what to do. And I think I fall victim to that more than anything of, well, this sounds great. This sounds logical. That sounds like a good plan. Or I see this situation, God, and this is exactly how you should handle it. And our authority in Christ never gives us permission to tell God how to do his job. Our authority in Christ does tell permission to de- tell devils to go back where they are supposed to go. Or we can't speak to cancer and see it dried up, but it never gives us permission to boss God around. Mm-mm. And so I think it's significant. If we're serving him, we're following him, we're not leading him. We are yeah. always called the followers, never the leader. And that's my observation. But I, that's my propensity. Um, and leaders, especially, I'm speaking to leaders just for a second, you have to guard against that because real leaders, like people who are leaders and born to be leaders, you have a propensity to want to lead everything. And you have to find to be the best leader, you first have to know how to be the best servant. And you have to know what it is to be in the back of the line. Because if you're only obsessed with being the front of the line, you're never really qualified to be a leader. And um, I always love this. And Greg, you may know what I'm talking about. You ever been to churches and the church is having a potluck dinner or something like that? I'm always the guy in the front of the line. Um, <laughs> I'm that guy. You're that guy. Yeah, I that's think me. I, I'm just showing everybody where the food's at. That's you're all. you're leading in that regard. <laughs> yeah, that's um, all. but I'm I've always kind of like I've always had this conviction that I usually tend to go towards the back yeah. or middle or something like that at the very least, um, just because I, I feel like I don't know. There's like there's always been this thing. I think under I think leaders should undergird and uplift everybody. And unfortunately, we have this mindset a lot in leadership to where everybody else is there to uplift you. See, this is why I'm not a pastor. See, because, yeah. so, <laughs> hey, when you got food involved, I'm front of the line. Hey, let's yeah. go. That's I'm more right. like a prophet. You're more prophetic, I guess. Uh, <laughs> J- Jacob does the same thing, so I don't know. Uh, but now, Roger, one time I told Roger, I said, Roger, can you wait in the back of the line so everybody else can make sure they get food first? So I come in the fellowship hall, and I'm like the last one in line, literally the last one. Here he comes up behind me. He said, all right, Aaron, I told, you told me to wait and last. So I said, good job, Roger. He said, actually, this is my second time through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I said, goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I do love this verse. I'm with you, Hannah. Yeah. And I think it speaks a lot about we have to be careful not to be leading God. Yeah. I think if I wouldn't have been attentive in the moment, I would have just over – overlooked this verse i guess because the first verse is so you know like so powerful too Mm -hmm. or the one before it um and then i just yeah i think there's a lot in it a lot in it let's go to verse 27 and really really get into something deep Uh here yeah we do the most work in john on sun on thursday i like it (laughs) we make up for all the other times that (laughs) we're making up for uh tuesday wednesday (laughs) um (laughs) verse 27 of chapter 12 of chap of um I love. I always like it when pastors say this in the book of Saint John, um, chapter twenty-seven. Oh no, no, there's no chapter twenty-seven. Chapter twelve, verse twenty-seven. <laughs> now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Glorify your name, Father. Then a voice from heaven said, "I have glorified it." and I will glorify it again. All right, go for it. There, now, it. oh, did you have something? No. Okay, 27, now is my soul troubled. 
and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause, or for this cause came I unto this hour. So, you know, this is Jesus, and he's talking about laying down his life for the sins of the world. All right. I've said this. I'm going to try to, uh, this is uh, this is tough, what I, what I want to say here. And this is going to go back to verse 25. He that lo- uh, loves his life shall lose it. He that hates his life in this world shall keep eternally. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. <clears throat> These things, oh, this is hard. Uh, people do go through some bad things here. You know, they uh, they do suffer some bad things that I don't even know. And uh, God's glory will will shine through. It's hard for me to, to uh, because I've I not experienced this. But I know that my Lord is good, and I know that, that all these things that somebody has suffered was not, <clears throat> was not in vain. And... Uh, it's for the glory of God to shine. And we may not understand it. You know, uh, we may not, uh, we can't wrap our heads around why bad things happen to good people. But all things work together to the good to them that love the Lord. And His glory will shine from these ashes. And uh, this world right now, and this life that we're living right now, is just a vapor. And uh, it's a sh- very, very, very short time in the grand scheme of things of eternal life. And some people may have to suffer some things. And uh, it's not for nothing. It's not in vain. Uh, you didn't go through this just because of uh, some kind of punishment. <clears throat> you know, these things that you... Uh, that you've endured if you can let the Lord work in you he can really bring his glory and make it shine from those ashes Mm -hmm. and uh, Father save me from this hour but for this cost came I unto this hour Mm -hmm. and he paid the ultimate price for our sins okay Uh, well Jesus here he is saying at this point, Jesus' soul is troubled, which is meaning perplexed. It's yes. it's unsettled. There's something like, I, oh, this is, mm-hmm. I mean, he knows it. Like, he knows what's coming. His soul is troubled. And he's, he and, says, what shall I say, though? Yeah. I mean, what? He's really not hmm. saying, God, let me get out of this. No. He's saying, should I say that? No, because this is the purpose that I came. He's saying, I can't say this, guys, because um, really the purpose of me coming is getting ready to be fulfilled. Like everything I've done up to this point is great, but what's about to happen, even though it's hard, even though it's tough, this is what I was actually brought here for. Mm -hmm. This is why God became flesh. This is why Emmanuel, he dwelt among us. This is why the glory of God came into flesh is so that this getting ready to happen will happen because in this God will glorify his name. And the Bible says, and a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it. And I will glorify it again. So we have three times in Scripture 
that the audible voice of God spoke to Jesus somehow. First one was baptism. In whom, um, this is my son, beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The second was the Mount Transfiguration. And now this is the third one. Um, this is the third time he actually audibly spoke. And he wasn't speaking to Jesus. Because, well, I guess he was speaking to yeah. Jesus. But it says, the people, therefore, that stood by heard it. And that it thundered. Others said it was an angel speaking to yeah. him. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but so the, G- then Jesus ahead. said, read the next one, though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. And then Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, yes. not mine. That's why I'm saying that's why the voice was for the people. It spoke to Jesus. Yes, mm-hmm. for the people to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this, this because his whole purpose is to bring the good news. Yeah. yeah. And then so God... His audible voice is verifying what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because no man has the authority to verify. Mm-hmm. Sure. Only his father. Yeah. Yeah. But this isn't the first time that something like this has happened either. With yeah. Because remember when Jesus was raising Lazarus in the previous chapter, they spoke. He said, "You know, I'm not saying this out loud for, because so that the, the the Father may hear me. He always hears me. Yeah. I'm saying this so that you all may hear me. Yeah." Because the father and the the father and the son was one. When he was baptized, did you already say that mm-hmm. when he was baptized? Yep. Okay. Um, but people were like, some was like, oh, it just thundered. And others said, no, an angel spoke. Um, and then Jesus basically, you know, said, you know, this wasn't for my sake. This is for your sake. This is for you to believe. This is so that you would know. Um, because the father is saying, I'm got, I will, I have glorified my name, and I'm about to glorify my name again. And. Um, <clears throat> And so, I mean, but Jesus, he is man. Like, so this had to be troublesome. Like, he knew it was coming. But if you knew your death and a death in such a horrific way was upcoming and about to happen, your soul would be troubled as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're God in the flesh, um, you know, his soul was troubled. But he said, what am I supposed to do? Bail out? Like, mm-hmm. he said, this is what I was coming for. And I know the Father's with me. And so, um, <clears throat> and I... I do think there's significance behind the crowd that stood there, heard it, said that it thundered, and others said an angel spoke. I think there's a lot of depth you can go to in there with where you're at with the relationship to the Father is how you're hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that some are hearing one way and some are hearing another way. It's a, who you as an ear let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying. That I think God speaks in ways all the time, and we hear it, but we don't understand it, and we don't know it's him speaking. Because we're not discerning. Yeah. And we're not walking with him. And if the Holy Spirit's not giving us a witness, and I think some, I think people heard it, but people didn't know how to interpret it. Was that thunder? Was that an angel? Like, what was that? Um, but Jesus knew exactly what it was because Jesus was walking with the Father. And so, um, I don't know. Uh, if, disclaimer Jesus is the Father. So yep. Just want to put that out there. He's um, the Word, the Word made flesh. Yes, I agree. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out exactly um, where we can. I don't think we'll have enough time to do another verse. Yeah, where we're we going to pick up? Yeah, you're at a hard break right now. Yeah, I'm at a hard break. But um, so we ended at verse 30. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do our. We still haven't got an answer for our first trivia. So let's do this one again. Thursday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What wicked king of Judah, taken into captivity of Syria, confessed his sins, humbled himself, prayed, and came to the knowledge of the Lord he was God? 2-7. So, 
Bert, uh, just hiccup. Sorry. Uh, I got the hiccups. 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. That's not too bad. Just one slight hiccup. This is hiccup. Oh, okay. All right, we are back here on Mornings of Box Two Radio. What a day! It ha- what a day it is to be serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We still need to answer that first trivia question out there. So if you're out there, um, knock knock, is anybody out there? Um, we need you to get called in. We need your name to get in for this two week drawing. I think we'll do a gift card. I don't know what we're gonna do gift card to yet, but we'll do a gift card for these next two weeks, um, and we we will get that out to you if you are the winner there. Not this Friday, but next Friday we'll have a drawing for this two week period. I'm very excited for that. Just a small thing. We don't do nothing big. We're not giving away trips. We're not giving away ten thousand dollars or a year worth of groceries. We just like to do trivia and just have a small gift. It's usually a small gift card or a book package. We do every two weeks, and you get your name in two times every two weeks and you have to text i mean you have to call you can't text unfortunately just because we can't tell if greg hannah and i all three get a text at the same time with the answer who got who texted first mm-hmm. the one with the best service i don't know um <laughs> and so we just we just make it you have to call in to get your name in so if you text us an answer i'm i apologize but it does not count and i want to say this if you're on the app, you are on delay because Greg is still sour. He's yeah. a little salty about losing yeah. Jeremy Paul the other day because <laughs> he was Paul, on the app. He called in yesterday, or whatever <laughs> day it was, and got that answer. And, uh, man, I called immediately, but I was on the app, and he was on the radio. So I'm just saying, Jeremy, I'm I'm going to start. I'm going to try to get a better antenna for my truck. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. Any which way. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of just a few seconds behind. So yeah. Yeah. He got me. Well, I have some <laughs> exciting personal news before we move back into yeah. the scripture. Um, a lot of you have prayed for us and walked with us along our adoption journey, and on the first three of our four that we are adopting, uh, we have the actual court date for Monday. So Monday at one, the first three will be fully adopted. And we're on our way with the fourth. But um, it's such a praise report. And we're so excited um, that three of them will become officially Wilson's come Friday. I mean, Monday at one o'clock. So just really celebrating that. And we can't wait to. It's the first time I ever said I can't wait to go to court. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You don't hear that phrase very often. (laughs) um, But we are excited. So thank you all who have prayed for us. Continue to pray for us as we continue to walk out. Um, it's been one of the most challenging, rewarding, frustrating, happy, everything you can think of into one emotion, all emotions into one bag. Um, it's been an, a glorious adventure. And I think it has shown an aspect of the Father and salvation to me that I didn't know before in adoption because we are all adopted. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the part we're adopted into his family. As Gentiles especially, we're adopted into his family. And so it's shown me an aspect of the Father that I didn't know before. And um, I I still stick to my saying and my belief that um, if we're going to preach against adoption, I mean, against abortion, we better be willing to preach for adoption. And um, the church should be leading the way in this regard. Yeah. And Mm. that just, you know, the world is just getting geared up. It's so easy. I mean, they try to make it so easy to go have an abortion and make it so complicated to get adopted. You know, the enemy is after our children. And because if he can take our children, there is no other generation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Amen. I know Hannah grew up um, with a, I don't want to give too much of it, but you know adoption. Oh, you well. can. Oh, um, yeah. How, how many of you all were adopted? Um, so six of the 10 of us were adopted. Were so, adopted. Yep. Me, my sister. Well, so there was me and my sister that were, they were a year apart. And then we, um, have another sister, um, that's older than us. Um, that, you know, has a different mom. We, we share the same dad. So we're all the way blended. So I mean, we have her, we have adopted, we have now step sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we have it all, but, uh, I definitely, as a kid, never expected when we were praying for, um, the Lord to send us foster kids, um, to, for them to call and say, we have five, yeah. five siblings. Um, and then Seth was born kind of like Avi, uh-huh. um, in the middle of the process, really? Seth was born. How about that? Just like Avi. Yeah. And then got added into the family later on. So, huh. um, I was seven years old when they started the process and t- seven going on eight and they were adopted when I was 12. Yeah. So, well, it's, um, it's a blessed thing. And I, um, people usually will come up to you and say, well, bless you for doing that. So we are blessed. Like we yeah. are blessed. I mean, Trust me, it's not always easy, and um, you have to walk through some things that yeah. you normally wouldn't have to walk through. But again, just because something's tough and uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not profitable. Amen. And um, exactly, anything yeah. worth doing doesn't come easy. Yeah. It's I'm, hard. There were so many hard times, but I can say that, like, even as a child, like you know, it's hard to share your parents sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's hard to share your room, share your space. <laughs> like, I mean. It, with a child's mindset, you know, you're still learning how to share, yeah. learning how to be benevolent, you know, things like that, learning how to be more selfless. Um, but I will say they, my siblings went home for six months back to their uh, biological mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, I, I never knew how much I would miss them. I miss them so much. I mean, mm-hmm. we all did. We were always calling them, going to visit. Like, yeah. It just didn't feel right because we knew that God put them with us. Yeah. So then after they came back, after that six months, um, it just, that's when the adoption process, it really just took took flight. And But it just didn't feel right. It felt so right when they were back with us because we, we knew that, that that's what God yeah. had planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Again, thank you all for praying for us and walking this journey with us. We really do appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Um, it's been a blessed time, and we're so excited to get this portion of it done. Um, and then, of course, we'll have a little season to walk still with our fourth that we will be adopting. But, um, again, the church, I believe, should be re- leading the way in this regard. Yes. And um, I, I know it's, trust me, firsthand, I know how rough it is to work sometimes with the foster care system and and it's not just the kids like sometimes it's mm-hmm. the system itself and i've been very open about this with even some um people who are well i mean brother steve who is um representative steve was in here just a minute ago he's uh what was it like a, two weeks ago and mm-hmm. i mean he's literally leading the committee to oversee this well they yeah. should they there's really I, d- I don't of course i i don't know well, i don't know anything about adoption let me just say that let me just get that out there but I feel like that there's a whole lot of red tape that doesn't need to be. You know, it seems like there's a lot of process because when you when you look and at, at this world, and, and again, I'll say it, where you can just have to drop of a hat, have an abortion. But then how long have you been in this adoption process? For how many years? You, you said it was five years. 
It was like four, three to four, I think. Yeah, you know, and what what what's taking place in those three to four years on adoption, I don't, you know, uh, that's because I've never experienced the process. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, well, what it is. The process is horrible. Yeah. Uh, there's and a lot of red tape. Everyone is different, too. Yeah. Every, yeah. every situation is different because, like, in our case, like, um, it was – the adoption process didn't start as soon as we started fostering because yeah. basically what has to happen is, you know, the other parents have to come to an agreement and, you know, and yeah. – uh, it's either Trans- voluntary or involuntary. Yes, so, vol- yeah, basically voluntary well, if it's or voluntary, involuntary. If it's voluntary, it can move quickly. Okay. If it's a voluntary thing, yeah. it can if move it, very it, quickly. So there is. It depends on what a- stage they're in. To yeah. Them. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at the end of the day, I I don't think I was at a point a couple times where I was like, "Is the red tape worth it?" Like, you know, yeah. this is this is this is a lot of this is a, there's a lot to it, a lot mm-hmm. of frustration, and a lot of my frustration didn't come with the kids; it came with the system. Yeah. But at the end of the day, too, like, I think kids are needing a home. And what better homes than Christian homes? Yeah. And so even if we have to put up with the red tape a little bit or we have to put up with the discomfort or we have to put up with the uncomfortableness or um, it's it's worth it because these are children's lives. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a couple times that in this journey, like we were, I'm very honest, like we were like, okay, what, you know, Lord, you don't have to give us strength because we are, yeah. we feel depleted. And um, something would just happen with the kids or something like that. And you would just realize that you were, you're um, by God's grace, changing this kid's life. And it's, it's not, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a very big deal. Well, yeah, it's their life. And um, I mean, it's, it's their future. It's their, it's uh, their everything. It's, you know, the, uh, which way they're going to be led, you know, which way they're going to be trained. Yeah. Uh, I mean. So if, but if, let me say this, I don't mean to cut you off, but it it is, it's a big deal. And if you're interested in becoming a foster parent, I can get you hooked up to an agency I work closely with that we've worked with as a church for a little while. Um, And um, we, trust me, I I don't, um, I'm I'm somebody that doesn't want to get caught up in the red tape and the bureaucracy and the the state. I'm not worried about the, it's been frustrating, but at the end of the day, these kids need homes and Mm -hmm. Kentucky has a whole lot of foster kids waiting to be adopted. And my thing is that it seems like there should be some way to streamline that too, you know, but but I I don't know. I think they're working on it. Like, I just don't know. No, it's one of the reason that the cabinet, them, I, I mean, I'm, I'm experiencing this firsthand and talking to people firsthand. Yeah. It's one of the reasons the cabinet's having a hard time keeping people employed too is because of the red tape and the bureaucracy of it and the yeah. frustration. And, um, and I've, I've talked a lot of firsthand and they, they're not allowed to say what I can say. And so, but there's a lot of frustration on a lot of employees parts and stuff like that too. And, but at the end of the day, I don't think that should, that can't keep us from helping kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the last thing we want is kids going to homes that's doing it just for the money. Like we want yeah. parents to raise up that's doing it for the um, Lord to, yeah. the, first yeah. and foremost to glorify God and to get these kids in a godly home, yeah. but also to change these kids' lives. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're you're going to be a parent where they don't have one. Yeah. You're going to be a parent when they've lost theirs. And sometimes it's not it's not taken away from neglect or abuse. Sometimes they literally lost their parents yeah. and they have nobody else and they went to state custody. And mm. I mean, these are so many different situations. These kids are hurting. These kids are broken. And we know the God of hope. We know the one that can restore all things. Yes. We know the one that can put all things together. Um, I mean, my four, when our five-year-old, that when we got him four, I mean, horrific life, um, just what they've gone through. And uh, I can't give into all the details. It just, it's been a rough yeah. life. But he came to us nonverbal, not potty trained, nothing like that. And now he's a 
thriving kid. I mean, he still yeah. gets frustrated. He still has his challenges. But as Hannah can contest, he'll talk to you. He come yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Um, some he was nonverbal when we got him a year ago. And last night he come into the living room and he played ball with me and Ethan. And he would say, <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, throw ball, throw ball, Ethan. And the other day, you know, I was just like, I said, Claude, Cloud, did you do this? And he goes. I didn't do that, Dad. I didn't do that at all. It sounds like a regular little boy. He is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, yeah. he just needed a home. Yeah. He needed a family. Yeah. He needed a structure. And, um, and, and, you know, we were blessed. We're the blessed ones to be able to do that. So yeah. I can't tell you enough how excited we are for Friday. Maybe. I mean, Monday. And, um, yeah. And then little baby Ivy, um, was praising the Lord in church. <laughs> She Seriously, was. no. I mean, she, she had her hands lifted, yeah. and she sings. She's just a little, and just seeing Heather was talking about last night, just how it was making her get emotional, thinking about where she started, yeah, and where she is now, yeah. and just her watching, you know, us worship at church, because that's one thing we talked about too, is that um, Aaron and Heather, they they involve their kids like they expose their kids to a lot of things and 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 surround them around other people you know instead of just staying home with them um they get them out and about and while we're at practice worship practice things like that and we were just talking about how um the kids pay attention even the babies are paying attention to our worship and things like that and so it's just really encouraging to see little baby ivy worshiping little we prayed over cloud one night at prayer i mean Mm -hmm. that was just such a special moment and and him saying hallelujah when he could be saying a lot of other words you know he's saying hallelujah so i mean god's working and it's awesome you know those little ones all they got to do is learn you know the first few years of their life that's every that every day every minute every second of every day they are learning Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm what are they taking yeah. in? Yep. You know, and I, I didn't realize that until you know, uh, I don't know when I when whenever, but I just know that there's a difference from, uh, you know, the things that I exposed my oldest daughter to when she was young. I listened to regular uh, country music and all these things, and and she used to sing along with the radio back there, and I noticed it one day what she was saying and I was like what am I doing yeah you know and uh you know I'm I always <laughs> I was working with Curtis my he's my preacher man out of Curtis Decker but he at the time I, I wasn't uh you know we didn't go to church together but I was just working with him he said man why are you listen that devil music <laughs> he's just, you know just joking with me you know but the Lord spoke to me in that and I believe he was you know he was guiding me in a way too and uh and the uh, Lord uh he uh, revealed that to me, and and I, I, you know, I noticed that. And then I, I my little girl, well, she's not little now. She's going to be fifteen, I guess. Uh, wow, man, it happens quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she's going to be fourteen. Sorry, uh, but in which way she, uh, you know, would sing along with those songs, and I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? What am I, you know? And it's just been a process from then on, you know. Yeah. And, and have I got it right? Not every time, but uh, you know, uh, you know, I've messed up different times, and, and and whenever I do realize I've made a mistake, I always, you know, make sure that they see me in my mistakes, and that they see me repent for those mistakes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that they That's don't good. think they have to be perfect in some way. Yeah, you know, so. Sure. Uh, don't be afraid to allow your children to know that you've been wrong before. 
Yeah. Or that if you find yourself wrong, admit that you're wrong and let them see that so that they can learn too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they're learning all yeah. their life. They're learning. Yep. Still. Yeah. Even last night, um, I'm one of those that have a tendency to just get on my face like, and just pray. I just, hum- just want to lay as prostrate as I can before the Lord and um, just worship and pray and um, when I got up from the, I could tell Ivy was on my back, but then I got up and the clouds laying on his face too, next to me. So it's like yeah, clouds yeah. rain right there and Ivy's on my back. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, the, and right now they're mimicking, yeah. you know, they're mimicking and, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. Because, you know, as they grow, that's right. You know, as they grow, this, this thing becomes, you know, yeah. hab- and it becomes yeah. part of who they are yeah. and, it, and it's, yeah. But I really do like what you say kids are always learning which mm-hmm. means we're always teaching always and whatever we do whatever we say however we respond they're always learning what we're teaching and you're a teacher whether you like to admit it or not or whether so you like what, to accept it or not what kind of attitude do you have with your children yeah what kind of uh, you know what kind of attitude do you have towards others in front of your children yep uh you know just all these things you know they're picking up on it yep so, for example I'll, I'll give you this example Eliza, um, I didn't buy her birthday present until we went on vacation. And so we were on vacation, and I owed her a birthday present. And you know what her birthday present had to be? A fanny pack. And you know why she had a fanny pack? Because Hannah wears a fanny pack. And so um, I, have it on right I don't now. know when fanny packs came back into style, uh, actually. Well, hers uh, is more like an over, it's kind of like a, a purse. Yeah, uh, I wear well, it in I the front. Well, But you're supposed to wear fanny packs like that now. Oh, well, see, even men. A fanny pack you wear I've seen men doing it. Yeah. I'm never doing it. Like, that's what, I'm drawing the line somewhere. I am not wearing a fanny pack. Hey, I don't know. I mean. I love it. It's so it just handy. You know, depends on the, what's going on if I have to. If I've got something that's got to get done and it requires me, then I'll probably, you know, i got to use what's available to me. If a fanny pack's all i got, you might, I'm not going to well, say. Well, in desperate use, need, okay, yeah. but. Well, but I'm really <laughs> bad about leaving my belongings. I mean, Aaron yeah. knows this. I'll leave stuff in the church all the time. So if I'm wearing it on me, it really helps me, like, to keep track of my stuff. I got yep. you. You got it tied to you. You can't yeah. lose it. Yeah. There you go. But I asked, I asked Liza, I said, Liza, why do you want a fanny pack? I said it's because Hannah and the big girls wear one. And she goes, <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> and um, But that just contests, though. Just It's not just parents teaching. Yeah. Um, and that's what I always say, like, you know, in the church, whether you're a – I talk to the teenagers at the school all the time. And I'm like, look, what you're doing here is affecting these younger kids. Do you want to be that example? Is this the example? Is this what – well, no, not really. Well, you are. Yeah. And yeah. everything we do has an impact. You know, uh, Nick, uh, with children, um, we want to uh, we want to keep them from false teachings, but they also have to experience some things. You know, they uh, so uh, my son uh, goes to football practice or what have you, and some of the teenagers there doesn't use the greatest language. You know, and uh, and of course that that really uh, bothered my wife, which is understandable. You know, Mama Bear coming out, mm-hmm. and, you know. And but I, I explained to her this way. I said, "Listen, the world's not perfect. We're in the world, but not of it." And uh, and you know, my son knows, and he, he uh, the right way that maybe he can be a light to those. You know, and by by showing Christ in him, maybe them boys can see it. And then he can help if 
if we was to pull him out, how could he ever be a help? Yeah. You know, if, sure. if he wasn't there to, to be a light. Yeah. And uh, I don't like it either, but it is the world that we live in, and uh, we have to understand uh, some people, they, they, they haven't been uh, shown by the Lord the right way. Mm-hmm. And God still loves those people, and he still needs those people to hear the gospel. Yeah. He needs those people to see his glory somehow. And we may be the only Bible they ever see. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. So we need Good to train, train the, our children, not only live in front, but train them so that when they're put in a situation, they'll know how to respond and react. And, and I'm, I'm very deliberate and thorough when I try to explain from the situations that I've been in the different things that, that may come at them and try to have them aware of it so when the, that happens, they'll they'll have at least an idea of what's going on and then they'll have a basis to make decisions around. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we're gonna start heading towards a break and um, here in just a second, it is storming. I hear the thunder rolling outside. Um, so if you if we you lose us for a second, it's either the power's off or something's happened. So just be patient with us. Storms always are finicky with radio stations. It's always something. Um, we're prayerful one day that we're going to have a generator that's like one of those natural gas-fueled ones that will just kick right on if the power goes Amen. out so we don't lose it. But um, right now we don't have that. So if we lose power, oh, we'll be out until we get power back on. Because I do think there are strong storms coming through today. Um, strong, strong storms. Oh, great, because that's, that's just great. Because I'm going to be pulling a camper to uh, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> well, <laughs> you better drive slow sometimes. Uh, um, I think it's kind of like just passing through. I don't think it's all yeah. day. I think there's just a couple of pop-ups that's going to happen. And that right. could have the uh, propensity to have really strong storms. But... I want to say this before we do go to break is that the greatest legacy that we can leave behind is not money or fame or houses or cars. Jesus. It's, it is um, the greatest legacy that we can have is that we love Jesus, but we have godly kids too. Amen. And for me, um, I want to pour into this next generation because they're going to outlive me. And, and the problem is for so long we focused on people who can tithe high, we can we focus on people who can offer more, we focus on the gifted people. But in reality, the way we build the church by the grace of God, and of course God builds his church, we know that. But the way that the Lord builds his church so often is through um, raising up the next generation. And I and we are and I I said this last night and I am um, I'm actually preaching on it this Sunday, Lord willing. I always, I always have to be cautious when I'm saying preaching on it because I'm one of those preachers that will change it three times before then. But if the Lord wills, I'm going to preach finally that message on the left-handed generation because I believe that left-handed generation is Generation Z that's in the earth today. And I believe it's a generation that didn't know fathers. It's a generation that was hurt. It was a bro- it's a broken generation, and it's a generation that a lot of people's counted out. They but haven't I'm counting been in. brainwashed by religion. Yes. They're a generation that really don't know Egypt. Yeah. And the Bible speaks of that generation. There's a generation that doesn't know Egypt, doesn't know what it's like um, to have religion, to be in bondage, to that kind of thing. They're in bondage. Yeah, but not religious. But it's not religious bondage. Yeah. And and so we are aggressively figuring out how we can pursue this generation Um, because my heart breaks for this generation, to be honest with you. It, It breaks for it. And I see the hurts. I see the wounds. I see the trauma. But uh, more than anything, I, I see um, 
Jesus disappearing in it. I don't know how else to say it. Like uh, I see the I see the enemy aggressively pursuing this generation to turn to anything but Jesus. And we want to turn them to Jesus because Jesus is the true Father that will heal all the wounds, that will restore all the pain, and um, He can do it. And, Amen. Amen. And so, if your if your church, I'm just going to say this. I think sometimes churches are so obsessed with trying to cater to every generation, to entertain every generation, that they miss something. Um, I think the church should be aggressively pursuing discipleship and younger people. And and that does never count out the older people because who's the one that actually should be discipling the older. Mm -hmm. And you if if you've been born again, I said this, I've said this this week already, and I'll say it again. If you've been born again for 40 years and you're not pouring into somebody at this point, you're missing a blessing. You're missing. I'm not condemning you. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying you're missing a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it is truly, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Yeah, that's true. Amen. Well, Amen. we'll go to the break. We'll finish this topic um, or conversations, whatever God leads afterwards. I didn't plan that whole children segment right there, but I'm just going to celebrate our that victory. Was for somebody. Um, but it was for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Oh, oh. Pinching, mate. Sorry, need out? No, oh. I didn't mean to bring up all the your family. Huh? I didn't think about it. No, I, the, I like talking about it. I probably need to share my testimony more with it. Morning, June 29th, 2023. Morning edition of Mornings of Box 2 Radio here. Um, it's a joy to be with you guys every two um, from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time every weekday. Now, don't rem- don't forget, though, next week we will not. We're on shutdown, so um, the ministry is closed down. Next week the offices will be shut down, but you still be able to reach out to me if you need anything, 270-230-6337. And I will be in and out throughout the week. Um, so I will be available for, um, you know, if you need pastoral care or question or if you're a programmer out there that needs something, just contact me again, 270-230-6337. But we'll be gone all next week. and But we'll have some great content for you guys in this time slot next week. So you won't be empty-handed. Um, Hannah has a prayer request we're going to pray for before we progress farther. So, Hannah. Yes. Um, so there is a baby still in the womb. Um name is Archie um and so there's been so many things said um with the doctors and the other um problems that were they thought that were happening actually we uh, there was prayer that went on and the Lord was faithful and took care of that thing but it's just been one thing after the other just negative report negative mm-hmm. report you know um so it seems like the enemy is really trying to come against this baby um and we know that the Lord um the Lord has plans and loves this baby and so um there's been some more reports come back that um are basically predicting that there's going to be brain issues with uh behavioral things they're predicting like schizophrenia all these other persistent headaches all of these social and things that in the brain that would affect so many different aspects um but again they don't 
the enemy does not have the final say and the doctors don't have the final say right now as the baby is in the womb. You know, I, I appreciate yeah. science and all of that, but God has the final say, um, especially when a baby isn't even born yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he there's so much time left for the for God to work. And um, we don't know. We really don't know until they get here. Um, so we're just going to believe and come yeah. into agreement for these uh, sisters and brothers in Christ who um, this this family um, and for this baby. So, Lord, we just come into agreement you, right Jesus. now. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this baby's life. God, we thank you how you have a plan for mm-hmm. this baby. You have a plan for this family. And I thank you for the um, the one who reached out to me to ask for prayer. I know that you're going to honor this request. You're going to honor the faith behind this request, Lord. And I just pray right now, Lord, mm-hmm. that you would speak to that thing. Whatever, yes, If there's Lord. something in there, if there's something in the brain showing up, if there's something on the scans, Lord, I pray, um, I, I ask you in your name, if you are willing, Lord, start to work in the brain, Lord, start to work in the body. And I pray that this healing would be a testimony to those doctors. I pray that this healing, this, um, this healing would be a testimony to the family, would build their faith, Lord. Um, and I'm just believing for a better report. I'm believing for that, that you have the final say, that you um, have the ability, you are bigger than any negative report that's or prediction that's being said, Lord. So I just thank you that you know all things. We don't. You are sovereign. We are not. But I thank you and I trust you. And I just pray that this family will be able to trust you during this. And I know that you're going to be teaching a lesson through this situation. And I thank you for what you're going to do in this baby and the plans that you have for this baby. And I just I ask for healing, Lord. And I, I believe that you're going to take care of it. And I trust you in Jesus name. Yes, Amen. Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And we'll continue to pray. We will continue to pray. No weapon formed. The weapon may form, but it will not prosper. Amen. Amen. Um, Well, we are moving forward a little bit. Uh, We're going to try to cover some of this question. Um, Actually, I'm not covering it. Me and Hannah's, um, we're (laughs) out of the studio after we ask it, and Greg just gets to sit here and talk for the next 20 minutes. Um, (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, The question is a is a good one. Um, (laughs) uh, Is there a difference between the elect and the predestined? Um, And this is predestination is a conversation we cover many a times. I've studied this for a while. Um, At the end of the day, I don't. I'm not going to get into the whole complication of it. Like we could sit here and dialogue and we could sit here and talk and I can unpack the Armenian, the Calvinist. I can unpack, unpack all of these concepts around it. We could talk about Martin Luther's bondage of the will. We could talk about Erasmus. We could talk about all these things that come into play concerning the conversation. Well, this you is, can because I don't know nothing about <laughs> any that you just said. So. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the bottom line for me is Romans 8. Those who he foreknew, mm-hmm. he predestines. And what's he predestined us to? To be conformed in the image of the Son. Yeah. We are predestined. And we're predestined to be called, I mean, conformed in the image of the Son. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what, uh, case closed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that was easy. Um, Let's move on. <laughs> no, uh, and so, the predestination is the lamb slain from the foundation of the, of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the predestination. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. It's Jesus Christ, the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, as simple as I can put it is there's the predestination. The yeah. the, the destination is Jesus Christ. It's always yep. been him. It's never not been him. Now, as far as the elect goes, uh, to my best uh 
Well, it ain't, I, I ain't got anything to do with this. Well, from th- my understanding here, and uh, from what has been revealed to me, just think of our uh, just think of our presidential election. We elect our leaders, okay? So the leader, leaders, leaders, <laughs> the leaders that <laughs> sounds we, like me now. Yeah, the <laughs> the leaders that we elect are the elected. Yeah. The people who voted for that person are the elect. They are the ones who chose him. So the elect are the people who choose God. God's elect are his people who have chosen him. Let's go back to verse uh, 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life shall keep it unto eternal, or life eternal, sorry, keep it unto life eternal. So if you hate your life here, then you have chosen the Lord. You have you have elected him your leader, your salvation, your you you see one? Yeah. And he's saying that uh for the elect's sake, the ones who have chosen me, you know, he but then here we go, we go back to for you have not chosen me, but I have chosen yeah. you. Uh, yeah. Well, there is a choosing. There's a choosing on both because he has to choose us first, yes. but then we have to choose him. There's a receptacle. There's a reception of it. There's yeah. a having faith, and and you're right. I mean, yeah. we can only choose him because he first chose us. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we gotta have the option. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that I don't really want to get into the double predestination that they're predestined to hell, that predestined to heaven, that one's going there, that one's going there, like. I want to eliminate that conversation for a minute, and I just want to get to the point to where, um, you know, he has predestined us to be conformed, conformed. to the image of the Son yep. because he foreknew us. Um, those who he foreknew, he predestined. And why did he predestine us to be conformed to the image of the Son? So he can be the firstborn among many brethren. Exactly. That's what it says. And so now uh, if he foreknew, so I'm going to bring up something else for everybody to think about. The Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to believe that when I was born again, my name's written down. But yeah. I haven't seen that anywhere. It was, I believe that it was already written down. It was written down, predestined, you know, talking about this right here, for whom he foreknew. And if he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb, that means my name was there to start with. Yeah. So there's another thing. There's another whole ball of wor- uh, wax right there. Well, we'll do that another day. <laughs> another uh. can of worms to open up. But, but either which way... Uh, you know, the predestination, Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's a lamb slain, been predestined. And we are to be, like Romans said, to be uh, conformed to his image. Yep, yep. And in the elect, this is the simplest way to put, you know, the elect is the ones who have chosen to follow God, who has laid down and said, oh, I'm given, here I am, Lord. Yeah. I'm yours. I just call the elect the in theology we teach this. There's a universal church, or and if you would go to like the Apostles' Creed, it would say the Holy Catholic Church because Catholic Church is universal. That's what it actually means. And so um, there's a universal church, and then there is a church within the church. And so the remnant, the the real church. That's what we call it. Really, I mean, in theology, we so, basically say there's the natural church and then the spiritual church, and the spiritual church is the ones actually born again. So the ones who have we would call that the elect, yeah, um, the, but the ones that are born again. Yeah, the and, ones but, that give their life to God. You know, yeah. said, you are my 
leader. So yeah. You, you're my provider. I give it all to you. Yeah. That's the other. Now, this does bring up always a conversation for me with, um, I'm throwing out some words. I don't, I usually don't try to use words that maybe some people don't understand, but this is almost oh, yeah. necessary in this. Um, this is where your stotorology is going to be based upon. Yeah, and so, um, sto- soter. Some say some say soteriology. I think it's soterology, but um, it's the study of salvation, the process of salvation. So it's a theological term that would guise all of the redemption, the justification, the imputation, the expiation, the whatever whatever oh theological goodness. terms oh you want goodness. to apply. Adoption, <laughs> um, um, all of these words concerning theology, yeah. and in salvation, what's going on? Like that's all stotorology. So the study of salvation. Okay. Um, but included in that though, is this concept of where you're putting yourself. And so I want to, whenever I talk about this, people always say, well, then you're predestination. I'm not like, but you remember in high school, I don't know if Hannah had to do this in high school, but we had to do this in high school. We had to draw those stupid little graphs, you know, like the outlines where we drew the circle and then all these other lines and circles go out. Did you have to do that? Okay. Yeah. Like brainstorming. Brainstorming. That's what we call it. Brainstorming. And well, a lot of people brainstorm with us in the middle and then it moves out. Yeah. It's never that. No. It's always God in the middle. Yeah. Everything about salvation revolves around God. Amen. It He's is God. The way, the truth, and the life. No one no comes one. to the Father unless His Spirit draws them. Uh, no it, one comes to the Son except yeah. the, fear, the Spirit draws. Yeah. No one goes to the Father but by the Son. Yeah. It's all and, Him. And so it's all for Him. He's centerpiece. And so you want, if you want to call me a predestination guy, I don't care what you call me. But at the end of the day, Christ is the middle. Amen. I, it's not Amen. because I make the choice. It's not because I have this intellectual ascent. It's not because of anything. It's because Jesus has come in Amen. and gave me a new spirit and a new heart. He does the work, and His yes. blood is sufficient. Salvation is not about us. Salvation is about Him. Amen. It is done by Him. It's 100% Him. Honestly, you cannot repent unless you first get saved. You, unless he draws you, no one comes to the Son except the Father draws him. Yes. Mm-hmm. And no one goes to the Father but by the Son. Mm-hmm. That leaves everybody out of the equation. Yep. That leaves everybody out of the equation. It, If the Father's drawing you, then he, while he's drawing you, he's going to speak to somebody and that somebody is going to have a word for you that the Lord has spoken to them to say to you that's going to confirm what's yeah. drawing in you. Yeah. And and we think, well, we gotta, we have to go out there and we got to win these souls. we got to do all these. And, and yeah, I'm all for that. But we can't do it. We're not the ones we're winning not the, Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're just a preacher. And we can't force somebody to make a decision. Yeah. It has to be their decision. And, and I, I think about this, too. At the end of the day, we can pray, but... It's God's will. Yeah, we we, we have to pray God's will because even if we're witnessing to somebody, we don't know what decision they're going to go make when exactly. we never we might not ever see them again. We don't know what what they're going to choose. We don't know if they're going to choose the Lord, but He does. Yeah. We are the instrument. He, the Lord, is the musician. Mm-hmm. He tunes us. Remember our conversation? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Nobody, no, no musician wants to play an instrument that's out of tune. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the instrument cannot tune itself. Nope. The musician, which is God, has to tune the instrument, which is us. Mm-hmm. And only the musician can make the instrument play sweet play. music. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's all the Lord yeah. and yeah. nothing in herself. Yeah. So if if the if the Lord is playing a song on this instrument and that song speaks to somebody, it, it draws ain't the them instrument. In. It's the musician, which yeah. is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
And so I don't know what you want to call me there. I just put him in the middle. Yeah. He, I know he chose me. I have no idea why he chose me, but he chose me. Uh, and so, and we, we are in, I am in 100% agreement with you yeah. on this. He is center. But, yeah. but let me ask this question, and uh-huh. we only have like 10 minutes. So we got 11. What, oh, 11, okay. We can tackle all the problems. Yeah. So me. does like the what you've studied about Calvinism, do they believe that God chooses everybody? Um. Well, I think it would depend a little bit on which Calvinist you believe you gotcha. side with. There's hyper-Calvinists, there's Calvinists, there's um, refer- Calvin. Reformed um, John Calvin. Um, so what? It, uh, Joseph Arminius and is a fo- he was a follower of John Calvin. So five points of Calvinism did not come first. Five points of Arminianism actually did come first. And then five points of Calvinism followed up. So a lot of Calvinists will say God chose everybody, but he may have chose some to go to hell, some to go to heaven. He would predestine some here, predestine some here. Uh, now, Armenians kind of go on the opposite side and say that it's all about us. It's all about our choice. So if we're going to choose to do this, we're going to choose to do that. I don't think at the end of the day either one's probably right. Uh, Can <laughs> I a, say this? I, uh, Esau, or Jacob, who I love. Romans 9. Esau, who I hated. So what does that mean? He hated Esau? Well, he chastises those that he loved, all right? Esau, he traded his birthright and sold everything for his belly. He lived for himself. So the Lord let him have it, and he never chastised him. He let him go and do his thing. If he loves you, he will chastise you. He says, Esau, am I, am I, yeah, I say yeah. Esau. But really, all of this... The whole Jacob and Esau thing, the hard the hard part about that in Romans 9 is that it does say that he chose or preferred or Esau, he hated, Jacob he loved, however you want to read that. it Really, the hate is preferred over. And so that's what it means in the Greek. It does not mean there's an intense hate. It's yeah, that he prefers Jacob over Esau. Yeah. But it says this is... Because this is before they did anything. Mm-hmm. The, it, and it basically will say it's not because of what they did. It just he chose. So there is a choosing of the Father. I just don't know how it works out. Like, Romans 9 is hard. The way I'm, I look at it, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just, uh, I'm just thinking about Jesus' sacrifice. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I can't see how his sacrifice wouldn't have been. I mean, it, it was for everybody. everybody. But w- the way that I see this is like he he wants everyone. He d- he paid the price for everyone, but not everyone is going to, to choose him, yeah. and he knows the ones that aren't going to choose him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, well, Calvinists wouldn't teach that. Calvinists yeah. teach limited atonement. Um, See, I, oh, go ahead. Well, limited atonement basically says he died only for the ones that will be born again. I believe more. I would. I would. Whosoever is what well, I Well, I would push a little farther, and I would say it's unlimited limited atonement. That it's applied to it, anybody can receive Who's the gift so of sal- salvation, but his blood is not applied to those who are not born again. Yeah. I mean, because you can go on the flip side and preach universalism where he died for everybody, and then his blood applies to everybody, and everybody's saved. Oh, okay. yeah, and so okay. I think you no, have to guard against that the theologically. Word, yeah, the word no. You that. must be born again. You must be born again. So, so whomsoever will can yeah. come. But those who the salvation of the atonement's applied to yeah. is only those who are born again, yeah. those who receive him. And so I, I always bring that clarification because I think that in our overcorrection of it, we can actually put ourselves in a place of universalism. And so yeah. we don't want to go there yeah, either. Yeah. No, no, no. It's no. where we have those guardrails. And 
walk in balance. But we do see, like, he knew us in our mother's womb. Like, he knew us before the foundations yeah. of the world. So, like, there does come this, like, he knew that I was going to choose him. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. he knows Joe Schmo he, that won't, that will never choose him. He knows it. He knows the end from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't I don't know. It's yeah. welcome the, to the, the, the welcome to what I've thought about for yeah, 15 well, years now. Yeah, so the predestination is Christ and him crucified. It's true. I mean, from the foundation of the world that whosoever whosoever, you know, would uh, believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So yeah. that whosoever means whosoever. We all have <laughs> the opportunity because yes. of Jesus. Because the destination, the pre the destination has been predestined is Jesus Christ. He's By Jesus and through Jesus. He's mm-hmm. the way, the yeah. truth, and the life. And no other way but him. But he knows yeah. the ones that are never going to Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he, knows the, he knows the yeah. beginning yeah. and the end. Let me read Romans chapter 9. This is hard. If if, yeah, if 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 Paul wouldn't have wrote this, this thing, whole thing would have been a lot easier to understand. Um, uh, now, is this the authorized version you're reading from? No, this is the uh, this is the elect version. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, verse ten, and not only so, but also when Rebecca conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue. Not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. Hmm. It's a tough scripture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Now, a lot of people and a lot of scholars will get around this by just saying it's talking about Israel. Well, and, uh, and I think contextually, it does have stuff to do with Israel. So it very well could mean in this scripture that God chose Israel. There's no, there's no reason God chose Israel. But God chose Israel as his elected people. Like, they are his thing because Gentiles had to be grafted in. Yep. Like, he came first to save Israel, to Jews. Yeah. And there is a level of election there. What's fair? How's that? Fair? Now, the one thing I want to say well, because on— because somebody has to bring his—somebody has to be the light to a world. Yeah. And we are created for his glory. And so we got all these people out here that's created, and if— if he does not plant his seed in us, how can his glory be glorified? So he has to plant the seed, and then that seed has to sprout, and that seed has to sprout, and it has to, you see, and as it sprouts and sprouts and sprouts, you got to start yeah. with somebody. Somebody's got to be the first one to hear the word. Yep. And yeah. that's the Jews. Well, for me, this issue of predestination, I have, I have studied for about 15 years now. And can I say I have a confident statement on how I see it? I think everybody has to believe in predestination. I believe it's either going to be conditional or unconditional. But at the end of the day, the one statement that is unquestionable to interpret is that we were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. Yes. Um, now, whether we want to say anything else, because if you read on the next few verses, it's tough. What shall we say then? Is there any injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion, so that it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Yep. I mean, those are that's a tough scripture. Like, I, To me, I, I guess because I don't know all this other stuff that you know, <laughs> I, I it don't, makes it simpler I don't know that for much. me. I need to know well, more, I'm just I guess. talking about all this other things that you brought up there. I, uh, what was that? Oh. My Bible started Bible playing. Up. I'm yeah. sorry. That's okay. I, I thought like, I hiccuped or sneezed. Yeah. <laughs> I said, but, I didn't even uh, know it. But I guess because I don't, you know, to me, I see that God is in control. Yeah. And 
he created all and he's bigger than us all and it's his way and is the only way Jesus mm-hmm. there's one way to eternal life and that's God's way mm-hmm. everything else is deception everything else is to make you believe that you can do it some other way yeah. mm-hmm. to separate you from God mm-hmm. Jesus yep. is the way the truth and the life no yeah. one comes to the Father by me yeah <laughs> and I just don't, but we I still, the Bible tells us to, to witness, you know, yeah. and oh, yeah. to prefer oh, yeah. one well, another. Yeah. So I, what, or I'm not saying what you said, but I know that there's some that believe, you know, like, I don't, I just think that's why we have to witness to everybody because yeah. we don't know who's going to choose him and who's not. Yeah. We are the All light. We, have, we sure. just plant the seeds and. Yeah, because, yeah. because we are the light and, and yeah. him, his glory in us about, by we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So mm-hmm. we testify to the goodness of Jesus Christ, you yep. know, yeah. mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. And uh, whoever that seed falls. Yeah. It falls. Um, yeah, and um, there was now some people say when you're a person who believes in predestination, like a Calvinist would, it takes away from evangelism because now you just believe whoever's gonna be saved is gonna be saved, anyways, regardless if you do your job or not. Um, I don't think that's how a lot of them see it, so I'm gonna come to their defense, not saying I believe like they believe, but I am gonna come to their defense because a lot of those who believe in predestination are very strong evangelists. Um, J.I. Packard wrote a book, I believe um, it was called Sovereignty in Evangelism. I think it was Sovereignty in Evangelism, what it's called. I think I have it on my shelf. But it basically is a whole book about evangelism from a predestinated standpoint. Okay. Um, the one thing I do like about it is that it's putting all the responsibility on God. Or it's like it's putting the power on yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where it is. Because yeah. that's we where have, the power we we have is, nothing without him. He's yeah. divine, we are yeah. the branches. Well, one thing I will say, whenever I got the revelation that again, I am I'm not saying I'm a double predestinationist, so don't everybody say I am. But when I got the revelation that God's in the center, because for a long time I was in a place where it was, was in the in, yeah, because that's how I was raised. Yeah. And I had to reverse that and flip it. I started to feel a lot more less burdened, um, not for evangelism but burdened by evangelism. And what I mean by that is, if I don't say it right, if I don't say the exact words, if I don't do the four spiritual points, if I don't say this at the right moment, if I don't preach every time I get around somebody, then I failed and they're going to go. And like, there was a weight off of me when I realized it wasn't how I presented it. It was just that I presented. Mm -hmm. It was that I lived the life. If I I tell them the goodness of God. And that kind of sets me free a little bit too. The Every time I'm with my family in a big setting or with a person, I don't have to, shout the gospel across the table every five seconds and tell them everybody's going to hell. But I can live such a life that the glory of God can resonate it off of me. And it's God who draws, not Aaron. Mm-hmm. It's God who draws. Yeah. Do I need to share the gospel? Yes, because yes. how can they hear if there's no preacher? There needs to be preachers. And if you're following Jesus, you're going to be talking about him. Yeah. You are. You are. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. You'll, you'll never the present the gospel so well that everybody's no. like, oh, that's it. Like no. It's the power no, of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, like it's, oh, we got to go, gotta go. Yep. man. Well, we'll have go to ahead and say it. Up. Thirty seconds. Go ahead. I was gonna say a lot of times it's when you're with people not in like a church setting. A lot of times, if you're just talking about Jesus in everyday conversation, it's more receptive. They're more receptive rather than if you're preaching at them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're out of here for today. We love you guys. Stay safe in the storms today. Be watchful. Be back tomorrow, seven a.m. Central Time on Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network.